Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Curtis. And we are here today with the marvelous Hans Platz of Feuerschwanz and the Dark Side of the Moon and uh, many other projects in the past as well. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for coming on. Um, So we are going to like talk a little bit about the upcoming album coming out. Well, maybe after this uh, episode premieres, but Fige Feuer coming out July 7th. Um, But before we go into that, I kind of want to talk about y'all's crazy release cycle. Um, (laughs) You just released an album. You released albums in 2020 and 2021. And now you're coming out with another album. It's like a year and a half after the last one. Plus you're in other projects that release albums alternatingly. So why and how are you maintaining this aggressive release strategy? <clears throat> well, about the how, I'm not sure actually how we do it. But yeah. it so far it works somehow. Yeah. And then the creativity flows. So it's not a big problem to do. And yeah, we have th- those minor releases between the major releases. So Fegefeuer and Memento Mori was like a major release, and then we had some minor releases, some re-releases in between, and where we recorded some new cover songs. But yeah, it's yeah, it's quite a pace actually. And doing in between the other band, Dark Side of the Moon, and our singer Ben from Feuerschwanz also has another band, so we're <laughs> we're quite busy doing music. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I noticed this kind of archetype coming out like where bands people in bands are in multiple very active bands and is this kind of the way forward with being a full-time musician do you feel like it's kind of necessitated or do you feel like it's more just because you want the multiple creative outlets i think it's more about the creativity i don't think you need to have or you need to maintain a lot of bands to survive Maybe you do, some people do, but in my case, it's cre- it's creativity because I wanted to do something else together with Melissa, which you might know or not know, it started as, course, as a bet. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, and, and then evolved from there. But it's basically because it's fun doing, because I have fun doing it. If I don't have, if I don't, if I wouldn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. So, but that's the main force, the main driving force to do it. And, Everything else, if it's successful or not, but if it's successful, it comes on top. So that's the nice icing on the cake. But in the first place, I'm doing it for me, like the side project is because I want to do it. And I don't, at the beginning, I don't really care if other people will like it or not because I'm doing it for me as an outlet. But even better if other people like it too. <laughs> yeah, I was just interviewing, and this episode might not air before or after I'm not sure if it'll be before or after this one but we did an interview with this cover artist Adrian Baxter 
who he's did, did all of the Halo Effect recent album covers, and he's done some Paradise Lost and some other big bands. But he has this perspective that art should come from a selfish place first. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting concept. So you're kind of expressing like the same thing too, and not exactly, necessarily yeah. the selfish, but like coming from within. Yeah, absolutely. I think otherwise it doesn't make sense. I think if you if you do it because you think you have to do it or think that you do it this way because you might like it that way, then it's it, it won't work. I think, and it, it, I think art only works if you do it for yourself <laughs> and all the rest is coming automatically eventually of course it's lots of hard work around it to to make it successful but but the core of it like like painting or writing music or playing guitar you have to do it because you want to do it and not because you want to be paid or become successful or whatever you know yeah, it's a pretty exhausting industry to do it for those reasons anyway. Yeah, exactly. There are better ways or easier ways yeah. to to get rich <laughs> or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of having a good time and doing things that are fun, I know Feuerschwanz has an incredible live show and performance. And that is something I think a lot of smaller and rising bands are lacking in or could develop further. What do you think are some of the most important elements of having a live, uh, a great live show? Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if young bands don't do it, but in English, you have a distinguish, you distinguish between a show and a concert. You don't have that in German. In German, everything is a concert, you know, but in English, it has a reason because it's a show, because people want to see something. If you want, if they want to see the other guy with the sneakers and the shirt and the blue jeans, and they just can go to the local supermarket and see those guys all the time. So you have to bring something on the stage, I think, to entertain people and to to get a visual hook as well, you know. And yeah, a show is not just music; it's entertainment, and and so the visual aspect is very important as well, I think. And that's a lot of people, especially when you're young and start out, forget. And you think, ah, oh, that's untrue to dress up or, or no, I'm not wearing that stuff. And every day I wouldn't go out like that. But no, it's like a theater on stage because you're on stage, you know, and you're putting up a show and the name itself contains the meaning that you have to show something. And that's especially... When I looked at myself, I think when I was younger, I was the same. I was ah, dressing up. No, that's not cool enough or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but um, you have to bring something to the stage to entertain people. Like, and if you look at the great big bands in the past, from Alice Cooper to Kiss uh, to Rammstein, which it's not the best example at the moment, but but every but all those bands, the big bands, you you have a picture also in mind. You know, not just the music, but there's also a picture you have. So that's something you shouldn't forget when you make music and you when you want to get get out and entertain people. Yeah. Um, me and Leo were actually discussing this right before the podcast uh, started about the uh, imagery and stuff like that and the dressing up. So, um, how did we phrase it, Leo? What was the exact way that you phrased it to me just before I bring this up? 
Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just had a sip of my coffee and it's not helping my voice. Um, <laughs> we, um, I think what was said, because I was listening to the interview with Tank the Tech, mm-hmm. it was brought up that the idea of having like a more theatrical image was an, an American based yeah. idea, but it's kind of drifted away from that in America because it's not cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, and I had the viewpoint that it's a different thing. So um, my, my reasoning being like the Alice Cooper's, the kiss and the uh, Motley crew are all based on like sex and drugs the European thing seems to be more on like Aaliyah was mentioning history and a nerdier type stuff, Lords of the Rings in general, mm-hmm. you know, Vikings, that type of stuff. So do you really think it's American based or Curtis is anti Lord no. of the Rings? I, I am anti Lord of the Rings, by the way, you, you guys are both going to gang up on me on this. I know it. Um, <laughs> but do you, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you, do you see, do you really see that it's, American because I see it as being separate personally and to me that seems to be why a lot of the European uh, symphonic bands don't always catch on quite as heavily over here as they do in Europe because it's a different motif or am I insane in this thinking you're the musician so I want to hear your viewpoint on this that's an interesting point of view I never thought of that I just saw had in mind yeah his Alice Cooper they putting up a great show yeah just independent from the theme but you're right. It's a lot about, lot about being a big rock star and sex and drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. Also, I don't know about Alice Cooper. Was Alice Cooper about sex and drugs? He was more the shock than anything. Yeah, it's like shock rocker, like yeah. like cutting off heads and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. Would he fall? Would Would he go over well in Europe nowadays? Like that? I actually don't even know. I have no idea. How it, yeah. Well, I think it would have to evolve to 2023. Somehow. I hope. I hope. Maybe some chainsaws or laser guns or whatever. I don't know. Hey, that would uh, be neat. I like that. <laughs> but you're right. You, it's if you look at it, the European stuff is more about history, and and, and it was a different theme. But but still, I think if if I think about it, um, you have Broadway and all that stuff. You always combined music and show, which is to me more. Originally, an American concept, I think. And if you look at the European music, you have all the classics like Bach and Beethoven originally, and and all that kind of music came over from America to Europe after the war. You know, and and yeah, and 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 the metal music, uh, yeah, it came over to Europe as well at a point. I think metal at the moment in Europe, I'm not sure, but there seems to be a, to be more going on than in America. Yep, more bands. 100%. Yep, and no um, and being a show band is one part of metal. Obviously, there are other bands which don't put that much emphasis on, on putting up that great of a show, but still they bring lots of lights and everything and fire. So, yeah. One thing, one thing I just realized right after I said that too, Wardruna mm-hmm. is big in North America still, and they they have all those elements. So maybe I'm wrong. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. That is one good example. And uh, Leah, uh, Leah, I'm surprised you never pointed that one out to me. But that's actually one band that is really successful over here. Well, um, there are a, f- a few bands that are very successful but, over but here, but not like in Europe. Like you guys got 
it's it seems to be like it's it's super big over there with the theatrical performances and stuff or maybe it just appears that way and i don't know um so since we are a business podcast i wanted to ask you a question about this so how how do you kind of tie it in so that way you guys can still be profitable while still putting on that big of a show because i've seen bands talk about heavily going into debt due to doing stuff like that i'm assuming you guys aren't I hope you guys aren't in that position, but um, how do you kind of manage it so that way you have the best show that you possibly can without going heavily into debt? Like a lot of bands mess that up, it seems like. Yeah, I, I think in Feuerland's case, I, I, I'm not in the band from the beginning, Fair. but um, it started slowly, I would say. Fair. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the history of the band, it started just being dressed up like uh, like going on a on a renaissance Renaissance fair or like like a, like a role play convention, and that's 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 where the band has a lot of origins from that scene. And though they just put took their costumes, took take your instrument, your bagpipe, or and your guitar, and go to the medieval market and play, and that somehow the band started and evolved from there. So it's not just didn't start with big fire and everything from the beginning, but you have to see what you can do with with a the tools you have and the money you have because you have to wear something on stage so and you you can take what you always wear or you can be creative about it and that's that's the part probably be creative i get that i get that yeah Um, it's a really good point it's another creative outlet absolutely for a band and to create your own visual stamp your own visual smell if i would say you whatever you know which is connected to you and it's not copied by someone else because if if you're a band if you're a band which sounds like someone else or looks like someone else then it's not you it's someone else so you have to be you musical wise and and personality wise basically yeah you know what Lee, i'm gonna let you ask the next questions i'm getting us totally off track from your no it's okay i'm i mean we're talking about relevant things we don't have to stay on the track of, you know, I sent him questions beforehand. outline No problem. But it's okay, dude. Like Okay, so let me let me ask the next question then. So um how do you guys actually plan on being able to embark on like a tour over in North America at some point? And like what would be the logistical factors that you'd have to handle in order to do to go to North over? America? Well, it would be yeah. a lot of fun, but uh, it's quite and it, it's not as easy as it might sound from what I heard to go. I, I'm to sure America. it's horrible to plan out. Yeah, as a German band or a, a European band, starting with the visas and everything, which is quite expensive to get working visas and everything. So I think we, we would love to do it, obviously, because touring North America like a dream of a lot of musicians and would be mine too actually but um i think we have to be sure that it's worth it somehow like some colleagues of us like powerwolf they just did it or uh, they're doing it yeah and i think the shows were sold out very fast all of them yeah yeah and that's the way to do it actually i think you gotta wait wait not to burn money not to burn money and not to burn energy Especially, especially the last one is very important. If you're a, a touring band or a, a working band, is, is keeping your energy 
to not to, to not to throw your energy away, you know, by yeah. by things which don't pay out one kind or the other. So that oh sorry, Leah, go ahead. No, I wouldn't. I just kind of wanted to bring up the touring scheduling differences between Europe and America. You know, America has this like work yourself to the bone sort of mentality. We don't get that much paid paid time off from our day jobs. Unless you're in Canada. Unless you're in Canada, I guess America, I should say. America, USA. Um, And it kind of carries over to touring. Like people just expect you to tour every single day, all throughout the week, bust your ass, exhaust yourself, and maybe draw, you know, 20 people to a show or 50 mm-hmm. people to a show and that's kind of what's expected for bands to to put that effort into their bands and you were talking about how touring is scheduling is done differently in europe and it's more like you take advantage of the days when people are more like going out anyway mm-hmm. can you explain that a little yeah and i think it's a different it's different when you tour all of europe but but uh, you also can just two in Germany, especially if you're a German-speaking band, like Austria, Germany, Switzerland, the German-speaking countries. And basically everything is in reach of a half a day's ride. But you still have lots of clubs and countries uh, and cities where you can play. So Germany and the German-speaking area is very large. So what we often do is when you start out as a band, you just play Fridays and Saturdays. And afterwards you go home do your day job, which you probably have, still have, and then you go on tour, leave Thursday evening and come back on Sunday. And that happens a very long way until you get to a certain point where it makes sense financially to also play the Thursdays and the Wednesdays, for example, because you have to reach a certain level that it makes sense to play these dates uh, these days. And the bookers won't let you play anyway if you're a small band and because they have to earn money as well in the clubs. So if you just draw 15 people, then they would take another band or the club, keep the club closed, probably. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah. But I see the point of touring and, and drawing people, and you always start low. But it's another way to do it is just to hop on a, to be the support band of another band, you know, just to do support jobs and to get you known. To get your name out to more people than just doing small clubs on your own, it's probably much more worth the effort to. Hundred percent. If you can, yeah, if a band and, can get that opportunity, then yeah. Yeah, and then, then you sell merch to finance your tour. Usually, don't get money, so you sell your T-shirts and stuff like that. And in Germany, it's not that bad with merch fees compared to the states, from what I've heard. So that's a good way for a young band to start if you. To find a bigger band and ask them to go on tour with. I was going to ask a question, um, and hopefully this makes sense. So, you guys are on a label that focuses on both Europe and North America, obviously, um, but primarily Europe. Um, so, judging by your previous answer about touring, um, it's not financially viable for you guys to come over to North America at this point yet. Uh, unless you were like at the Power Wolf thing where you could do all the sold out shows, you said. So does that mean that you don't really see a point in focusing on North America with your album promo as much as Europe? 
or can you kind of clarify that? Because if you're making most of your cash in Europe, well, if you don't, if you don't start, you never will be there. If you don't, that's true. If you don't do your first step on the path, then you won't reach the goal. So, of course, we, of course, we do things in North America, like doing this interview right now, and and when we have Natalie from Napalm Records who's doing promotion and. Yeah, we would love to go there, and maybe there are festivals, and maybe we get an invitation sooner or later at some point, or maybe there will be a, a viable touring opportunity being the support of someone else. Maybe who knows? Uh, I wouldn't rule that out to to not to do, but um, um, but at the moment we don't really actively seek to do it. Makes sense. No, I totally yeah. get it, one hundred percent. I would love, but I would love to do it because I just as a as a personal experience, you know. No, I get it one hundred percent. Um, what else? What other markets are you guys trying to go after? Like, are you guys going after Australia and Asia too, or is that mostly not- mostly expanding out of the German speaking area in Europe? You know, because the past years we've mainly touring in Germany, Switzerland, Austria. And last year we played the first time in Spain or in Czech Republic. And this year we play again in Spain and Czech Republic, also in Italy, maybe next year in France and stuff like that. So we, so since we we're a German speaking, a singing band, we were a long time tucked to our own country, you know, because being able to leave the German speaking bubble it's it's not that easy as it for compared to English speaking German metal bands, and I've been having quite some success with the last studio album, which has been number one in the German charts and sold quite well overall the whole year. That's, awesome. um, that's some good that helps to to leave the German speaking area in Europe, and that's I think that's. Since you were asking about focusing about North America and stuff, I think that's the main focus at the moment to expand out of, to expand in Europe. You know, maybe to go to England one, at one point or to Scandinavia and stuff like that. Since you brought up, that is something I wanted to actually ask you about, and I neglected to. Is do you think the language barrier might be something that might hinder you guys? For I, I think it's, it's it's I think it's both. I think yeah. it's. It's uh, at, the, at the beginning, it hinders you to go to play smaller clubs yeah. when you're touring. But I think in the, in the long run, it's a plus because it's a unique, a unique selling point, if you, if you might say so. I could see <laughs> yeah. that. Because especially from American guys like Tank or whatever, they really seem to enjoy the German lyrics for because it's different. It's, I think it's quite, especially for native, English native speakers, it's probably a complete different sound. You might have heard Rammstein probably. Maybe you heard Nina some po- at some point, but but that's it for for the German language. So so it might be a new sound and it's a new experience because obviously you always understand the ly- lyrics when you listen to music, like naturally, which I don't when I when I listen to Metallica or Dream Theater or whatever. I don't understand what they're singing singing about unless I really focus. On the singing, but then I but I have to really um, keep attention to what they are singing to understand to get the meaning. So usually I probably l- listen to music different than you do. Probably, I would say I li- I listen to 
German music different than I listen to English music because um, in German music, I naturally understand the meaning of what they are saying. So it's a different kind of listening. And, and maybe that experience is new to the, or kind of new to the English speaking, native speaking people. Do I make sense? <laughs> you make total sense in that actually. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I just find it interesting that, like you said, Metallica and Dream Theater are huge over there and they don't seem like, I mean, it's it seems like you guys listen to music differently than we do now that you put it that way, because I never even thought about that before. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we are used to listening to English music, but 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 you don't get the meaning of the songs naturally, like immediately, like you would do if it would be in German. You immediately know what they're singing about. 100%. And if you're not a perfect English speaker, you have to listening or reading and stuff like that. You know? No, 100%. I never even thought about that before. Mm. Um, Aliyah, I'll let you go. Yeah, so we wrap things. Start, Are we already at 30 minutes? Start. Oh, I still have, don't don't worry, I, I still have a little bit of time, so we can yeah. do 10 more minutes if you want or something. Sure. Um, I wanted to um, get your, pick your brain a little bit on methods of promotion for bands. And obviously, Feuerschwanz is on a label and the label does a lot on that end. Do you, do you guys still do, I mean, you still use social media and things like that. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. do you think are like the most important aspects of promotion for you guys as band members? <clears throat> the most important aspect is not to rely on the label. Because you have, you're Interesting. still... Yeah, you have to be, you still, actually, you have to still to be able, obviously, they pay ads in, in, in magazines and stuff like that, but you still have to do your stuff and don't be lazy and, oh, no, the label is doing everything, so I can lay back and don't do anything anymore. You still have to be super active, and especially in social media these days, <clears throat> and you, you don't have to forget that it's so social media, not just media, it's social media. So especially in the private profiles, you have to connect somehow to people and answer messages and and, and answer commands and stuff like that. And you, you have to be active. You do have to do photos. You have to do videos. And these days, it's not just if you want to be a prof professional musician, it's not just about your instrument, about music. You also have to know how to do Photoshop. You know how Lightroom you know how to edit videos and all that stuff you know which is all around you know you know how you have to know how facebook advertisement works and all it's all these things are super important these days i think um in a ways it's much easier to reach people compared to 20 years ago but on the other side it's still it's, it's a lot of more work because you have to be able to play all these tools and know how to work all these tools and TikTok is a completely new game for bands because the stuff which works on Facebook and Instagram doesn't work on TikTok at all. So you have yeah, to, totally different platform. Yeah, so you need someone in the band or outside outside of the band. <clears throat> sorry, which we have. Luckily, we have someone who is very firm with TikTok and and has a lot of ideas to hey, let's do this and stuff which you never would do as a band. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that's important. It's you. Your best promotional tool is being yourself, and you have 
the best promotion you can do is the one that you can do yourself, I think. And the label can is able to support. Support, this. yeah. But if you're not active yourself, then the label work alone won't won't make it or won't break it. I think. You almost have to work just as hard as if you didn't have a label. And so bands no. that don't have a label yet, just know it's probably not going to get easier. Yeah, the work won't stop if you get a label. As a side note, just just because I, I I want your opinion on this, Hans, is um, so Aaliyah is in a band, just so you know, and and she they have to do all their social media and stuff like that. Uh, sorry, look it out. Well, sorry, Aaliyah, I was gonna I was gonna bring okay, you up because okay. you're here. <laughs> um, but she's in a she's in a band. It's a symphonic <laughs> band. Um. <laughs> So they have to do all their social media work. They have to book their own shows and stuff like that. So what exactly are the benefits of being on a major label then if you got to be putting in all the work? Because it sounds <clears> like <throat> you, you guys work just as hard as she has to with her band. Well, it's so. It definitely opens doors, you know. Okay, like, cool. Like a lot of doors. Like cool. At the moment, we had the title of the metal, German Metal Hammer magazine and have an eight-page story inside, which is huge. That's big. Yeah, that's really huge. <clears throat> you wouldn't get that without being on a label or a certain success. And that's and true. It opens, that's true. They are opening doors and the bookers, we have also a booking agency, they're opening doors, but you have to go through the door yourself, basically, you know. But um, work your ass off then to get to that point and then they, they yeah, can push you when you're exactly it's never about luck. It's yeah. always about work to to be there. It's work to be there, and which from the outside it always sometimes looks like luck, but it's not luck that you came to a certain point. You know, it's always about being active, networking, being creative, yeah. being nice to people, being nice to other bands. Don't be an asshole to bands that are less successful valuable. than you. That's valuable. That. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. which, is, which is your band's name? Shield of Wings. Shield of Wings. All right. This is our oh, it's cover right there. Here. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of aligns with um, what we're just talking about. It aligns with what we've heard from other like record label um, professionals who've come on the podcast. It's like you have to show that you can do that work before they want to sign you, honestly. Mm -hmm. So and it's, a, it's a good point to bring up for bands that aren't signed yet who maybe want to grow to that point but um, yeah you got to put that work in yeah it's the work never stops it just gets more actually so um Aaliyah, i think we need to wrap up don't we sure okay yeah. let's well, dive in a little bit about real quick about the upcoming album figure can you talk a little bit about how it's different from the last album and how you're growing as a band? Well, it's different from the last. Um, well, we, I think we, we are con continuing the path which we started. I'm sorry, um, when we when we signed with Napalm Records. Um, before that, we have been on a smaller label, and it was more like fun folk with some electric distorted guitars. But since we went changed to Napalm Records, we took the metal part in the music much more serious and and I think we went down further that path but without um but 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 we are still keeping our origins like we have the flutes and the bagpipes and everything and also 
taking some things not as serious which other bands might take it <laughs> but yeah like songs like berserker mode i don't know if you've seen the video it's it's more it's yeah it's, it's more a bit more chokingly let's say and yeah we're we're having lots of lyrics about fantasy and about dante's inferno like we already said and um, the, the opening right, because you said that's what the album name stands for or means purgatory purgatory like ex exactly and there's a title track also purgatory which i like very much and it's about the circles of dante's inferno and the opening track secret deck dragon slayer is don't you know the secret sega it's a very old northern nordic sega also from germany it's about a dragon slayer about a guy who slayed a dragon and then baths in the blood of the dragon afterwards to, to, Epic. Become, to become invincible but a leaf from a tree is falling on his back and there's a small part which is not covered by blood and eventually that's um, where he, he gets, gets killed in the end by a spear hitting mm, the Achilles the... heel archetype yeah exactly and there's lots of um women and and and, and dwarves and, and there's a treasure and a ring actually and you were mentioning lord of the rings earlier and tolkien took some stuff from that sega and included it into into lord of the rings yeah, and that's the title track and yeah we'll have a video also to that song which is will, will be very cool <laughs> awesome yeah your music videos are always top notch visually thank you and so i'm looking forward oh, to seeing that one too and the, the music video for siegfried will be was the most exhausting we ever did because we shot two days i should say two nights we started from dusk till dawn really from six in the evening to six in the morning and then the other day again it was it was crazy was it too hot or too cold that's my question uh no it wasn't too cold but it's was very tiresome yeah <laughs> because it's totally against your usual schedule and routine so yeah i had the last shot of the first day like at five in the morning you know it was oh yeah. man yeah and yeah it's a tough hour <laughs> yeah but 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 the, but 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 the album was a lot of fun to do again and we're really looking forward to having it out to the people because you're doing this it's such a lot of work to create all the songs and write the songs and then you finally get the you you see how it's uh, how people like it or not and yeah that's the most rewarding part that yeah enjoy what you did the last year or whatever how long it took yeah I, I think there's a lot of truth to the statement that art is not fully realized until it is shared mm -hmm. so excellent um so i guess we'll wrap things up with uh what food item are you obsessed with any particular food items food <laughs> like items. i'm really into donuts for example oh donuts i would say if if i would have to choose something i would say chocolate in any form chocolate what kind of yeah. chocolate do you like like uh, what kind of chocolate like, like the standard like 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 do you like dark dark chocolate milk chocolate milk chocolate i would say milk chocolate okay yeah. i feel like europe does milk chocolate way better than america does mm -hmm. maybe so, maybe like anytime we get imported chocolate that's the and for drinks i like coffee very much actually oh uh, yes i <laughs> also like coffee a lot um 
I drink. Do you, do you take it black or do you like any No, kind of milk? I'm I'm milk and sugar, actually. Milk and sugar. Very good. What about Classic. you? I usually drink it black. Oh, Okay, yeah. I, I say milk and sugar is of the devil, so I, I'm, I'm not agreeing with you too. Sometimes I'll treat myself to, you know, an espresso beverage with milk and sweetener. But for the day-to-day, -day, I just drink black coffee. <laughs> Nice. well, this has been a very fun chat. Thank you again for coming on the podcast Thank and you talking. for the invitation. This been really good to get your insights on uh, the industry side of things and talk a little bit about your upcoming album. So everyone listening, thank you for listening. Hans, any final words? Thanks for the invitation and hopefully you will enjoy our new videos and our our new album, which is, will be out pretty soon. Or maybe I don't know when the podcast is out. Probably it's already out the album, but um, make sure to stream or download or buy whatever you can and watch the videos. And Absolutely. yeah, thank you. Thank you. And everyone listening, until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. Yes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.